0: here, glad that we can sing together and lift our voice. I would love to sing a song that we we uh, introduced back in Easter. Um, it's just a song that declares the love that the Lord has for us, how He's known us before we were even thought of. And I love that we can gather in this place and sing, sing things together that maybe right now it's, it's hard to believe, but that's true, and so let's sing together the Lord is holy worthy. Decided, I have
1: decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning
0: decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning Church, good morning. We're so glad you guys are here. Say hello to those around you. Place, come on, quick! You lift up the name of Jesus. Yeah. We're glad you guys are here. A few things uh, that we want to share with you as you're kind of looking at your calendars the next couple of weeks. one, if you pass the friendship folders down the rows, we appreciate that. If you're new, today's your first day. I know we got some visitors. It's a great day. We're just so thankful and what and just what God's already been doing and what He's going to continue to do. A few things I want to share. Um, One is that this Tuesday we have a Mops and Moms Next uh, play date and early registration. Um, There's more information up on our website. Um, You can also talk to the people at the Welcome Center. They'd love to connect you um, with Rachel. And my wife, Jesse, lead in Mops this year. 5 30, hang out for an hour, eat some food, connect, and then just a way to launch the year, then everything will start at 6 30. And so yeah, it's gonna be a great time. Just show up and we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. It's gonna be fun. Um, I invited Rhonda to talk a little bit about the women's retreat coming up.
2: Good morning, ladies. How are you? <laughs> well, I hope the day gets better for you. <laughs> okay, this announcement is for the ladies. Retreat coming up on October 11th through the 13th. Many of you have already received your pink envelope in the mail, but if you have not received one and want information on the retreat, I have a table out in the foyer for any questions that you may have. I just want to tell you a little bit. This year it is called "Beloved Be Free," and to tell you just a little bit about the retreat. This is a time where we, of course, want you to come away and just, um, just kind of find out what what you are all about. We want to make sure that you are falling in love with Jesus that weekend, of course. But it's also a time of just um, hanging out and finding new friends, hanging out with old friends, and just making sure that you know how much you are loved by Jesus. He created each of you, ladies, exactly how He wants you to be for His glory. And we want you to know... weekend of just pure fun. We have, um, I put on our table back up there, for those of you that have gone before, you know our running charade games is always a big hit um, as long as no one gets injured. And um, we also have some other activities. It is at the the Ligonier Camp and Conference Center. It's up in um, Ligonier, PA, obviously. Um, But it is just a weekend that we want you to come away and just really get refreshed. We want you to feel like wow, this is we want it to be all about you that weekend. You know, just getting to know who you are through Jesus. So if you did not receive, oh, well, I want to tell you too, that weekend is Ligonier Days up there, which is a really fun event as well. It's similar to our Covered Bridge Festival, so there's a lot of things going on that weekend. But if you did not receive a pink envelope in the mail, please stop at the table because I do have some extras back there. Also, if you have any questions at all about the retreat, just want to kind of see what it's about and what we can um, get you involved in. But we want you men to encourage your ladies to come. Just encourage them to come. They promise them that you will do all these chores and activities that they leave for you for that weekend so that they come home and just really feel refreshed even when they walk back in the door. But anyway, we are excited about this weekend. The space is limited, so you want to make sure you get your retreat information in. And like I said, you can go to the website as well and register online at our website. But in the meantime, if you have any questions at all, feel free to stop and see me at the table. We hope that every one of you decide to come because it will be a weekend. Changes your life. Thanks
0: so much. That's great. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we receive this morning's offering. Everything we just talked about is on the front page of our website. So if you missed anything or looking for next steps, that's going to be on the front page of our website. Um, also, we're just really, really looking forward to these next couple weeks and the months to come. And, and if you're new with us. Feel free to let that play pass As for those who call this church their home.
3: Josh and his wife Shannon and their team, they are planting a church in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. It's called City Church. City Church, Newcastle. So um, we're thrilled about what God is doing in their lives, and we're, 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 we, can't, we can't thank God enough for what He's done. And so we're going to have a prayer send-off. We just had a prayer send-off at the end of our first service. We're going to have a prayer send-off for them again here We are their sending church, you know. When you go out and you plant a church, you can't do it alone. It takes the body of Christ to plant a church. And so they are going into the city area of Newcastle, and we have the privilege to come alongside of them. And that means as a sending church, it means we support them emotionally, spiritually, and financially. So we're thrilled to be a part of this. This morning, Pastor Josh is going to lead the message. But but before he does, they're going to roll a video here. And I want you to watch this video and see what God is already starting to do. They had an event on Friday night, a block party up there in Newcastle where they were reaching into the community. And I think you told me there were 250 people came to that. So can we thank God for that? That's how you start a church, guys, you know. So uh, as you watch this video, uh, take it in and just be thankful for what God is doing. And, you know, Josh grew up here in the church. He was our youth pastor for a number of years. the last eight years he's been he's pastor at first baptist of newcastle and now he's starting this new church up there in newcastle and it is our joy and privilege to be your sending church so uh, as you watch this video take it in and then we'll give josh a round welcome welcome as he comes up hey everyone this is our first ever block
4: party for city church as you can see it's just been uh, an amazing turnout. We're just getting started, and um, so we're just thankful for God for giving us this opportunity to end our summer, showing uh, the love of Christ to the community. And and so, um, yeah, thank you. Much to be thankful for. So this is it. Check it out. Come
1: now as you are or as you want to be. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come now. Tired, broken, scared, or just in need. Ready or not, it's alright. Take your time, if nothing else, just come
4: cool? Yeah, give God a hand. Man, this time last year this was all just a prayer and like God, what do you what do you want us to do? And um man, it's emotional to see that, to know that God is God is working, you know? And uh and so um my uh my wife and I uh we we felt really God calling us to this city after about five years of doing a lot of intentional ministry with many of our team that you're going to meet here in a little bit. And uh, and so uh, this spring we just said, okay, this is what God's calling us to do. We have to do it. And, and then to see that video and to think, man, if, if we hadn't gone, not that those kids wouldn't be reached and things, but we wouldn't know them and we wouldn't know their families and uh, wouldn't have the joy of being on the front lines to see what God's starting to do. And so, man, thank you for... Um, for just having us here, our team, and look forward to sharing more about City Church with you here in a little bit. So we're going to be in First Thessalonians chapter 1, if you want to turn there. And uh, we're going to read chapter 1, and then I'll pray, and then we'll get going here, okay? And we're going to see in First Thessalonians 1, the uh, cool part about this, it's the only part, time in the Bible where an entire congregation, uh, a, a, an entire church is... Called by Paul an example for us to follow, a model or a pattern that other churches should mimic, and so we are um, we're looking at an exceptional church here in Thessalonica today, okay? And so we're going to see why they were so dear to Paul, and um, and why this what prompted him to write this letter. So let's uh, read this First Thessalonians one, and then we'll pray and get started. Paul Sylvanus and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a chance to be together, to be with your people, to worship you, God. We just lift up Jesus today. This is His church. We thank you for Crossroads. We thank you for City Church. And Lord, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you for the faithfulness and the goodness of God that we're going to see um, you display through your church here. And we thank you for the, your Apostle Paul, who, who helped birth this church and loved this church and cared so deeply for them. Lord, I pray that his heart for these people and what you were doing here will touch us. Lord, And we thank you for the eternal nature of your word. It's, it's, um, it'll, it'll last forever, it'll endorse endures forever has the power to change lives. And so, Father, it's a joy to be here today to open up your word with your people and uh, and dedicate this time to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, our our, uh, our goal today is just kind of walk through as much as we can here of chapter one. And, um, and so follow along with me. We're just going to go kind of verse by verse here. And uh, so it'll be kind of real easy with your Bible open to follow with me, okay? And I think there's some words on the screen, too. So, Um, Right off the bat, he writes this letter, Paul, to this church of the Thessalonians in God, the father in the Lord Jesus Christ and church. Something interesting for for us to think about is church back in Roman society here was did not have a religious connotation to it. I mean, you think church and you just assume this place, right? You might think of a group of people or the church around the world. But typically we, we religious nature to the word, but not at this time. This was just a word that meant a meeting or gathering. And so in the first century, it could be a political or just a social get-together. Or, you know, you could say you're going to go down the Heinz Field and have church. And some people probably do that. But, uh, uh, but it's, it's a gathering of people, a rally. And so Paul, Paul is writing here and reminding the Thessalonians it's a little bit more instructive maybe than we would think. And that's why I'm point, I want us to, 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 to think about this. He's saying this church, your gathering that you're having, is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Typically, they would gather, and oftentimes these gatherings would, would revolve around someone calling the meeting. And, and, and in some occasions, they had a, a deity or an idol that they worshipped that would kind of be like the, the um, kind of center of, of the gathering when they would meet together. And so one scholar put it this way. What Paul's saying here, and we could rephrase is to the people of these Thessalonians, who called this meeting? And I would like us to think about that this morning. Who called this meeting that we're here at right now? I didn't call it. Pastor Ken didn't call it. This is God's gathering in Jesus Christ. You may have decided to come to church today. But this gathering is not about you or me. This is about God himself and his son, Jesus Christ, he has called this gathering together. And if we can understand that, it changes so many things in our lives. Ch- it changes how you walk in the building. This isn't my building. This is, this is God. This, this, the, this idea, this gathering, this is all the Lord's. Same with us at City Church. This is not ours. God has called us. You know, and you think about some of the issues that come up in churches today, the relational and uh, the the tensions around style and preference and with individuals, personality conflicts. What would it what would it look like in the church if before any words were said, any meetings happened? If we could understand and and take to heart, I did not call this meeting. This meeting, meeting does not revolve around me. This church does not revolve around me. This is God's. This is his meeting. In his son Jesus Christ. And so Paul's reminding the people of that, and it's good for us to be reminded of that today as well. Grace to you and peace, Paul says. Standard greeting from Paul the unmerited favor of God, God's grace, which we need every single day. We're completely dependent on his goodness and grace, and his peace, which is the result of God's grace at work in our lives, and a result of God's grace. In what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Peace is not an inner tranquility. It's not a a state of mind, so to speak. It is a reality. I hope you understand that today. That you can walk in daily fellowship with God. In right relationship with God. And that is your new eternal standing. The conflict created through your sin and my sin. Has been resolved through Jesus Christ. And the broken relationship between us and God, has been restored. It's good. God's grace, God's peace. And so, when we think about those terms, and we read over just greetings like that, I just want to be reminded of what what Paul is writing about. He's not writing about just a a peace that you have with yourself, but he's writing about something way deeper, a, a reality that we are now in Christ at peace with God. And so he moves on. Follow along with me in verse two. And we're just going to kind of go back and forth here. Um, read, just read through this with, with some commentary, okay? So he says, we give thanks. And and the question I want you to think with me, it took me a while to get my mind around this. So I, I want to I point it out to you. and, and uh, is Who is Paul thanking and why? Think about that with me as we go through, okay? That's the big question we want to answer. Who is he thanking and why. Because this letter is full of thanks. Paul was excited to write this letter. Um, These are dear saints to him, and so we want to see what is the essence of that. So he says we give thanks, and we say to who? Well, is it to the Thessalonian church? No, it's not. It's actually to God. Can you follow along with me? We give thanks to God. Well, Paul, how often do you give thanks? Well, we give thanks to God always. We give thanks to God always for you. No, No, it's not you. It's actually all of you. Paul says, I'm writing to the entire church. I want everyone to know that I am giving thanks to God for all of you. And not just on occasion, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Paul is telling these people that he hasn't seen for a while. And he only was with them for a few weeks, is our understanding. Um, I think in Acts 17, it says he preached three Sabbaths in Thessalonica. And then they were driven out. They were persecuted the whole time they were there. And then, and then they were driven away because of persecution. And so Paul, these people are probably thinking, Paul's long gone. He was at Philippi before us. He was with us a few weeks. He's gone. They, they've probably heard the exploits of this great missionary. And Paul's writing them and just saying, no, no, you are on our mind constantly. And we're thanking God for you, all of you. And so he's, he's redundant here in saying, we thank God always for you and constantly mentioning you in our prayers. You know, we, we do the same thing when we really want someone to know something. We, we express it and we repeat it because we want the, our feelings and our thoughts. And you know, nowadays we have things like emojis to, you know, if Paul had an emoji, it would have like a big heart, heart thing or something. And here, right here, just to be like, I really like you guys and do this, do the heart on the chest thing or whatever. And um, just be like, you are dear to me. That was my way to connect with the younger audience today. <laughs> big, big time fail. Um. We give thanks to God always for all of you. He says, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and our Father. And then look at these three, the three sort of just like the epitome of the God-given life in Christ. Work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. These three Christian virtues, faith, love, and hope, have such an esteemed place in the early church and in God's word here in the New Testament. And uh, we have work of faith, which is we don't know exactly what this is referring to, whether it was like direct missionary work they were doing, work in the church, acts of goodness and kindness to others. But we could kind of surmise what kind of good works they were doing inspired by their faith and loyalty to Christ. Labor of love is a uh, the term here. We have a little more understanding in that this is like going the extra mile. Like Jesus said, don't just walk one mile, walk two miles if someone asks you. The, the the word labor here involves working that involves uh cost, fatigue, exhaustion. And the word love the word love there is the Greek word agape. That's that is a word that God has used to describe his how he has acted on our behalf, how he views us. He, this agape, unconditional love, self sacrificing love that God demonstrated to us. Throughout all of creation and history, but, but most clearly in his son, Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for us. That God demonstrated, proved, manifested his love to us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul says, we are seeing labors of that kind of love, and we're hearing about it in your church. So there's whatever's going on here, there's this incredible spirit of self-sacrificing love and steadfastness of hope. There's just this uh, heroic ability for, uh, given by God for these people. No matter what obstacles came their way, they were, um, these things they encountered and unexpected tribulations and persecutions, it did not stop them from living for Christ. They had this ability to not get their hopes caught up in like, what's right before them and what's going on right now, but they had a, a future hope in Christ that's tied to the fact that Jesus is alive and coming back. And there's something this church demonstrates for us that's, I think, instructive for us. And I, for me, I know it's something that I don't, I don't think I think about. So this is, I'm going to share with you just a personal growth from, from studying this for today. These people, based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and is alive in heaven, caused them to look to the future that Jesus is coming back. For me personally, and maybe you are like this, I, I feel like I'm I'm decent, probably not as good as I should be, at looking back. In my experiences in church, we look back to the resurrection and we lift that up. But what Paul's saying here is that's cause to look to the future and have at the forefront of your mind, if you want to live a life of Christian hope, that Jesus is alive and He's coming back in power and glory. Is the king of kings and lord of lords. And so it inspired these people to have a steadfastness of hope. And, you know, you think about like someone like a a bride. The Bible describes it as like a bride getting ready for her groom. Can you imagine um, uh, any 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 woman getting ready uh, for her upcoming wedding day? Can you imagine them like not even thinking about it? It's not at the forefront of their mind. You'd say that's crazy. That has never happened. And if it has happened, it's probably not a good sign, right? Um, poor groom. Uh, but uh, but no, like it's it, that wedding day that that is like that's all consuming. That's all you think about. You could have a really bad day, and it's okay. I got hope. My wedding day's coming. I'm getting ready, and then the wedding day's coming closer, and you just get more excited, more excited. The Bible says, as Christians, that is how we should look. At Jesus coming back. And in fact, when Paul wrote here in Thessalonians, he says this. We who are alive in Christ. The way he writes it is, is he's actually, they're expecting that Jesus might come back before they even die. It's that much of an urgency and, and consu- like so consuming of a thought in, in the way they lived. And, and Paul was saying here that is, that is just incredible to see the hope that you have the hope that is derived, and the way you, you your life is changed when you live in light of not only that Jesus rose from the dead, but that Jesus is coming back. And so, if you're like me, that hits home. You know, our greatest joys and hopes are in the future. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is greater than this world. Um, and so, sometimes we can get caught up in thinking that, you know, our hope is tied to good things in this life. Or our hope is tied that maybe this is going to be my year. I had a bad summer, but this is going to be a good fall. Or I got a new job, or this or that. And our hopes get, can easily get tied and, and entangled into things of this world. But what Paul's pointing out here, and we don't want to be confused, is this is a hope that transcends our lives. It transcends friends, whatever's going on in your life right now. You're dealing with cancer. It transcends that. Cancer can't touch this kind of hope. Death can't touch this kind of hope. Job loss can't touch this kind of hope. You see that? Persecution can't touch it. This hope is in Christ. Christ is coming back. Nothing going on now will change the fact that Jesus is coming back. You with me? Nothing. Nothing. So you can have hope, whatever you're facing, you can continue to follow God and declare his gospel and allow the gospel to to, through your life, the way you live. And as you talk about it, to to impact the world, no matter what, why, because Jesus is coming back. No president, no dictator has anything to say about that. You're with me. I mean, we have a hope that is so secure. You don't got to hope for it. It's not that kind of hope. It's 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 a hope that's that's already been accomplished when he rose from the dead. And so I want to encourage you with that. Paul says I, when he saw the way the believers in Thessalonica were, were living in, in light of Christ and his return, he's thanking God for that. And he goes on to say, For we know. And again, we're gonna do what we've been doing. Well, what do you know, Paul? Well, I know, he says, brothers that you're loved by God. We're getting in close to what Paul was so thankful for in this church. says, so bear with me. He says, for we know brothers. You know, brother was a term, um, a way again of Paul endearing himself to these people. You know, he'd only been with them for a few weeks. He's saying, you are, you are brothers in Christ. We're family. This is the great apostle Paul. It's like, I can't believe, you know, that you would allow us to we call brothers, you know, I, I as I was thinking about this, you know, way back in the in the 90s, there was a great movie, one of the all time greats, Tommy Boy. And if you OK, you've seen it. Good. All right. So here is this rich kid living in a mansion. He doesn't have need for anything. And his dad says, I'm going to get married. You're going to have a brother. Right. And he goes and the mansion doors swing open. And there's Rob Lowe, like ready to shake his hand. And Chris Farley's like, brother, and like and he brings them in. Here no there ain't no handshake. Full on hug. Not a bro hug. Full on hug, right? That's Paul. Here's the great apostle Paul saying, like I'm no better than you. Welcome to the family of God, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. You see that? He's celebrating that they they have been saved by God, brought into the family of God. And he says you're you're loved by God. And the phrasing there's is that this love has already been completed. Like God has decided and, and completed His love for us. It's a fixed status for all of eternity. Friends, if you're here today and you are in Christ, you are loved by God. And that is a forever kind of love that will never change. No one can change it. No one can change God's mind. Jesus demonstrated that God's love on the cross... And that was the the, the final authority right there where God was able to declare to us in Christ, you are my family, you are adopted in, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are loved by God. Paul says you are brothers loved by God and he has chosen you. The, The bottom line here is that we can all be certain that if we're here today in Christ, that God... God chose us. He He drew us in. His love. He himself brought us in, drew, drew us in in his loving kindness that we could be in his family. And at the same time, that same Jesus extended this invitation in John 6. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Isn't it wonderful? No one deserves to be at this meeting that God has called today. Not one of us deserves to be here. But God has said, come to me, all you are weary and heavy burden, I'll give you rest. And God has called us and chosen us and has shown us his love. And we now get to live in light of that. And brothers and sisters, that's, we're, we're, we're at the point where we can answer the question, why was Paul thanking God? Paul is thanking God not for what, not just for what these people are doing, and not for not for um, he's not thanking God the, directly for them. He's thanking God simply that these people have been chosen by God, loved by God, that their that their salvation is at work. You remember we we said earlier that when this church was birthed, there was persecution going on. If you read Acts 17, you're going to see Paul's there. I think it says three Sabbaths. And then it says they had to get they ran out of town. They were was a guy named Jason's house. And Jason's here today. They were Jason's house. And then, and then they had to get out of there. Like, Paul, you got to go. And he went to Berea because they I mean, they were they were persecuted in Philippi before that. And Paul comes to bring the gospel to Thessalonica. And just in a few weeks, he's got to go. Paul hasn't been back since. And when he leaves, you know, what he's thinking, oh, my goodness, this church, they're, they're going the, the persecution going to it's going to the aim is now going to be on this, these new converts. Are they going to, you know, he's concerned. He sent Timothy there. Timothy, go check on him. I can't I can't take it. I, I need to know. How is this church doing? Timothy comes back. Paul, you're not going to believe it. The gospel is even more powerful than we thought. God's salvation, God's grace, God's peace, it's more powerful than we thought. That church is thriving. Paul's like, persecution, has it stopped? No. It might even be worse. That's what I mean. That they have joy in suffering. They're working in faith, laboring in love, steadfastness of hope. They're an example. They're imitating us, Paul. They're doing the stuff that we did. And Paul here is just saying, God, you're building your church in the midst of persecution. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Against all odds, this church has become a model church for us today. Paul is just giving glory to God. And it's, it's a reminder to us, friends, uh, us, our family, at City Church, and you at Crossroads, it doesn't get, better, it doesn't get any better than this. If we're going to celebrate anything, it's that lives are coming to Christ, and the gospel has the power to save anyone that comes to Jesus. That the gospel has the power, like no one's too far gone. No, you know, like, against all odds, it doesn't matter where you've been, that the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power. It's that good of news to share. You know, as a city churches, we go out, that we'll never meet a person, we'll ne- never meet a person that, we sh- that, we, that, that the gospel doesn't have the power to impact their life and crossroads wherever 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 ministry is taking you as you kick off this following mean, the gospel is power to save and Paul is just thanking God for that and so they are displaying the gospel not only with their with their work with their words but also with their life and Paul says you've become in verse six imitators of us and of the Lord and uh, I'm going to skip forward here and, and uh, go to verse eight so if you'd follow with me here he says, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we don't even need to say anything. Paul just says, I, I can't believe it. We, we don't even have to like give testimony about what God's doing. It, it's happening. It's just, it's happening. And the two things this church, that ring out of this church, number one is the word of the Lord sounded forth. That's the sound of like an echo going out, like a trumpet blast out of Thessalonica. And Paul's saying, the word of the Lord is, you you are going out like missionaries, and it is impacting the whole region. And then Paul says, and your faith in God, the way you're demonstrating God's work in your life, it's having an impact. Look at this. He uses hyperbole. It's going everywhere. Basically, Paul's saying, "I, I can't put into words the story that's coming out of this little church in Thessalonica, What impact it's having. And I want to end with this thought with you today. There's more at stake here at Crossroads than you can be aware of. God is doing more at Crossroads than you know. And City Church is going to do that with us as well. You know, the Thessalonians probably didn't know how far the word of the Lord had traveled. They certainly didn't know how far their faith in God had traveled, the testimony of this church. And I I just want to just, I want you to just thank the Lord today here at Crossroads that what's happening here as you live lives of faithfulness and obedience to the Lord, as you struggle and, and stumble along in your faith, trying to grow in Christ day after day, that your testimony is ringing out further than you can see. There's probably people have come here recently and they go home from here and you might not have even have met them. And they're telling a cousin, an aunt, a mom. I went to Crossroads. I've never been to church before. It wasn't like I expected. I was talking to Luke a little bit about someone he's he's passionately trying to reach last night. And just just like, I may mean, just imagine who those people are talking to. And just, we don't know. Like, you're, what God's doing here is ringing out louder than you know. And so... Be encouraged by what God is doing. It's only what God can do. And so, and, and here's, the, here's, here's the beauty. You know, when, when suffering and persecution and, and things come against us and hurdles and obstacles as a church, when we, when we face those in hope, knowing that Christ is going to return, and we face those with joy that only comes from the Spirit of God, It only turns up the volume. Did you catch that? Satan can do his best to come against what's going on here at Crossroads. And God says, if my people and my spirit will empower them to face whatever's coming with joy and hope in my son, it just turns up the volume of God's word. It just lets it ring out louder. All throughout history, the church has grown through persecution. We see that today in places like North Korea and other places where there's much oppression. gospel's gospel is exploding. And it's happening here too. So be encouraged by that. Um, so as we close, I just want to encourage you to think about who called the meeting. This is God's. Isn't it good to be a part of it? Isn't it great that he's chose you? He loves you, that he's brought you into his family. Isn't it good that you're you're alive today? He allowed you to wake up today to be in church. It could be so many places here in 2019, but God has saved you. God has brought you to this church, part of this amazing family. So good to be here today. Just remember whose meeting it is, whose gathering this is. Remember that God's doing more at Crossroads than you will ever know about. And the message here is ringing out loud and far. And as you as you face the obstacles and the, and the suffering that this world's going to bring your way, Jesus said you will have tribulation, but know he's overcome the world and know that that suffering only turns up the volume of the impact that Crossroads is having in your community and around the world. And so face it with joy and hope, knowing no matter what comes, Someone's coming at the end. His name's Jesus. And nothing can ever change that. And lastly, remember, nobody is against all odds with God and his gospel. That message is too powerful to be stopped. And so share it. And share it often. Especially to those who who seem like they're just too far away. And if you're here today and you feel like that's you, I would just encourage you uh, that that's not the case. That God loves you. And, uh, and you, you're here for a reason. If you saw when you walked in the door, if, you, if people seem like they're real excited to see you, it's because they are. Because they're just trusting that God has a message for you today. And God loves you. And you're here for a reason. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this church, Lord. We, we give you praise. This is your church, your gathering. And we are your people. Father we, we just delight in who you are, we delight in your word. we're so grateful that that this letter that Paul wrote almost two thousand years ago is so impactful in our lives today. Lord, we, we, we thank you for for who you are Lord, we, uh, we pray that man, we pray that the message and the faith of the people here at crossroads would just ring out farther, Lord. And as people here individually and as a church, as they're facing different struggles and suffering or trying to live for you, maybe facing conflict at work or with family, we pray, God, as they endure that with hope and joy, that that would just turn up the volume for for the testimony of Jesus to ring out further and more powerfully in people's lives. And we pray that for City Church as well. Lord, we thank you that nobody's... Uh, out of the, out, out of bounds when it comes to your grace. Uh, Lord, and we, uh, we thank you, and we give all the praise, all the praise today to Jesus, our great God and King and Savior who's coming back. Lord, we pray as your word says, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.
3: Amen. Can we thank Pastor Josh for a great message this morning? Thank you. Well I tell you doesn't that change your perspective when you come in that God called the meeting I didn't call it you didn't call it who are you coming to get something from me or from God I pray you're coming to get something from God because I don't got what God can give you amen yeah. what a wonderful thing man josh powerful words Thanks. powerful words what we're going to do now is we're, as we close our service we we want to send them off in prayer you know as you look in the scripture you you'll see it if you go to acts chapter thirteen. The church at Antioch set aside Paul and Barnabas. They set them aside to do the work of God, and uh, and they laid hands on them and they prayed over them. And what it was was that it was their sending. That was how they were sent. And so that's the powerful thing that we get to do here today. We're going to send them out in prayer. We're going to set them apart unto the Lord's work. We're excited about what they're doing. But uh, first of all, Josh, I want you to invite your wife and your six children up to this stage, all right? With all those of the Josh and Shannon Watts family, come on up.